Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, the host, and I take you on the journey of my own trauma healing and share real, raw, and authentic life situations. My mission is to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. If you haven't yet, click the follow button and leave a review. Also, check out my website, www.habitsyoulove.com, where you can find even more resources, healing practices, and support. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Habits You Love. Again, as always, I am so excited you are here, that you are listening, you're taking the time, you're curious about some of these topics that I am sharing and discussing as they are all ones that I have personally gone through, witnessed, healed from, worked on, whatever it may be. Nothing that I'm sharing is anything that I have not witnessed or gone through myself. So I just know that I really appreciate you guys supporting the podcast and helping spread the word of self-healing, self-discovery, and self-love. So let's get started. This episode is going to be a little bit sensitive. We are going to talk about grief, the five stages of grief. Personally, no one told me or taught me about grief or how to grieve. No one. I didn't even know how to grieve for several, several years after my mom's passing. And of course, grief is not just losing a loved one. Grief doesn't have to just be about death. It could be about a relationship ending or you lost a job or other life changes such as getting a chronic illness or moving to a new home or out of state. So like I said, I didn't know how to grieve for a long time time and avoidance was my biggest go-to, but it wasn't until I learned to embrace loss that I became a mentally tough, strong-minded woman who knows she can handle anything that comes her way, especially loss, which is the most guaranteed thing we will have in this life. Grief is just a natural response of life to losing someone or something that is or was important to us. 
When you look up the true meaning of grief, this is what you will see. It's the emotional suffering you feel when something or someone you love is taken away. Often, the pain of loss can feel overwhelming. You may experience all kinds of difficult and unexpected emotions, from shock or anger to disbelief, guilt, and sadness. Okay, so coming from someone who did not know how to handle her own emotions, how to be aware of her emotions, of course, my biggest go-to was avoidance, to just disassociate from anything, to try not to feel because I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't even know what emotions were. I'm not kidding. This is this is serious business. I had to look up what emotions were what, like later in my 20s, whenever I started my healing process. I had to Google, what are emotions? The list of emotions, and I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have that, I have that. So of course, for someone that just goes through immense trauma and has to grieve her mother who raised her for 25 years, not knowing how to even feel her feelings or emotions, grief was very difficult for me. Grief was even hard to comprehend, to acknowledge, and to understand. And everyone experiences and goes through grief differently, obviously. But if you can understand your emotions, if you can take care of yourself, if you can seek support, whether that just be professionally or friends and family, you can heal and you can move with grief. So there are five stages of grief and these came from a lady named Elizabeth Ross and she became famous after she published her book called On Death and Dying in 1969. What's interesting about this is she developed her model of the five stages of grief to describe people with terminal illness facing their own death, but it soon adapted as a way of thinking about grief in general. I can't remember exactly when it was. Someone, sometime after my mom died, I can't even remember if it was months, years, whatever, but someone gave me a book on grief and these five stages. Of course, I never even opened it. I wanted nothing to do with the grieving process. I just wanted to sweep it under the rug and just say, this is like literally what I would say. I would just say, well, that's life. Can we move on? Can I get back to my work? Can I get back to my fitness? And I just wanted to numb out as much as possible. So the five stages of grief. Number one, you are in denial. When you first learn of this loss, when you first go through something, when you break up with a relationship, when you move to a new state, it's normal to think this isn't happening or what is happening. You may feel shocked or you may feel numb. This is a temporary way to deal with the rush of overwhelming emotion. It's a defense mechanism. This is something I dealt with for about mm, four years. I was in complete denial that I needed to grieve. Again, I just thought that you just move on with your life and over time, eventually those feelings will go away and those emotions will go away and you'll quote unquote, get over what happened. But honestly, if you do not stop, even if you don't do it right away, but if you at least acknowledge that you need to work on and heal and grieve and mourn in your own way, that's so much better than sweeping it under the rug, denying your feelings. You are a human being. We all have feelings. There's no escaping the feelings that we have. Just disassociating yourself from the situation and not stopping in your tracks, working through it is going to be of much more detriment than it is helping you. Like I said, for four years, I didn't grieve, but I hit an emotional mental wall at some point and it all caught up to me. No matter how fast I was running, it was always right there behind me. And when I had to slow down and I had to face it, it finally caught up with me, but I'm so glad that it did. The second stage is anger. When reality sets in that this event has happened, the illness you have, the relationship that ended, the 
loved one that passed away, you're faced with the pain of your loss. At this point, you probably feel very frustrated and very helpless. These feelings eventually will turn to anger. You might direct it toward other people, a higher power, you might be angry at God, or just life in general. To be angry with a loved one who died and left you alone is very natural too. I know for me, again, this is my personal experience that I'm sharing, but I told you guys about the life group that my sister and I went to just very shortly after my mom passed away, like weeks, maybe months. And when they were asking us questions and asking us why we were there and it came up, it just word vomited like, well, our mom committed suicide and I don't even think we could get through the whole sentence before we both broke down emotionally. For me, I remember feeling anger. I remember feeling mad at my mom. In an interview I did several years later, I remember saying I was angry at her because how can someone choose to leave four kids behind, a husband behind, parents behind, lots and lots of friends. You know, everyone in her life essentially had not passed away yet. So to me, I was, I was angry at first, but also because I was denying my feelings and not working through them. So denial is number one. Anger is number two. And the third, stage of grief is bargaining. So during this stage, you dwell on what you could have done to prevent the loss. Some of the thoughts you may have are if only or what if or this could have. You may also try to strike a deal with the higher power. In previous episodes before, I kind of go over this again and I say this right after my mom passed away, right after she chose to take her own life, My little brother and his girlfriend got pregnant and they were going to have a baby. And I just said, if only she knew this information, maybe she wouldn't have done it. And then another thing that happened months later is my older brother proposed to his girlfriend who my mom already thought of as a daughter. And again, in my mind, I just said, if only she knew what was to come, maybe she wouldn't have done this. So a lot of bargaining during this stage, a lot of what could I have done because we were over at my parents' house all the time, but we just, none of us knew what to do. So again, you can actually go in and out of these stages and these actually don't have to be the exact order that you experience them. I actually think that I felt anger first and then I felt denial and then I felt bargaining. I actually might have felt all of these all at the same time. I don't know. It was all just so sudden. No one prepares you for something like that. The fourth stage of grief is depression. This is where a lot of sadness can set in as you begin to understand and you realize and you're coming to terms with the loss and its effect on your life. So it's like you deny for a couple weeks, months, however long. Again, these stages are going to be different and unique to everyone. And then you might feel very mad and start taking it out on other people. You might do irrational things, quit a job, leave a relationship, and then you might start bargaining with a higher power and say, why did you let this happen? If only she could have waited longer. What if I would have done this? And then when all that subsides, that's when the depression sets in. Signs of depression during this time of grieving are just excessive crying, sleep issues, a decreased appetite. You may feel overwhelmed, regretful, and lonely. So this is a very common stage of grief. As long as you don't sit in this stage for too long, you will come out the other side and you will be just fine, but we cannot let this stage especially really pull us down into a pit that it is very hard to get out of. So definitely 
definitely try to always be working on your feelings, emotion, and mindset during this stage, the depression stage of grief, because it will suck you in and it will not want to give you back. But it is a vital stage that you have to go through. You have to work on. The last stage of grief, number five, is acceptance. In this final stage of grief, you finally accept the reality of your loss. Again, does not have to be death. It could be anything that you once knew as your normal to not be normal anymore. I know for me, I've lost a lot and I've moved on from things, relationships, a marriage, a death of a loved one, moving to a whole new state. So I've quote unquote grieved a lot, but I really feel like grieving is just having your normal you once knew for a long time or most of your life. Obviously losing a mom that raised you for 25 years is a long time and that's a huge loss and it's really hard to accept, but it can't be changed. And that's why I think I was just so disassociated because I was like, what am I going to do? This happened. I can't change it. I can't go back in time. I can't sit here and just feel bad for myself. I can't sit here and feel these feelings. And that's why I just was like, went back to the gym, went back to hanging out with friends. I have pictures of like a week later, I was just going out like I normally do. I was back in the gym within a week. I was back to working. I was just trying to go back to normal life. So I didn't have to face it. So I didn't have to face my feelings of anger so I could deny it, so I could bargain. And so I could actually avoid the stage of depression. But now it's time to finally accept. And when I finally worked through my grief four years later after starting therapy when I was 29, this is when I finally came to terms and I accepted it. So although I felt really sad and I still feel sad on occasion, you are able to move forward with your life. Every person goes through these phases in their own way. You may go back and forth between them. Like I said, they may skip out of order. You may go through them all together. They might just be a jumbled mess of stages and you don't exactly know which one you're in. But it's really important to acknowledge that you need to grieve. I will say... My family actually never sat down and had a conversation about this, which is pretty sad. And I always wanted us to come together and do that and like talk about our feelings about it and what we witnessed and what we went through on our own. But that just unfortunately never happened. Days, weeks, months later, my dad would come over to my house and there were, was pictures of my mom still up. He didn't want to see the pictures. He asked if we could take them down or put them down. He just didn't want to face reality. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Of course, this is where us kids are passed along the way we operate and handle our feelings and emotions. So I feel like I have taken it upon myself to learn all these tools, to learn all these resources. And the only person that has really ever helped me is my therapist. Everything else Every single day of my life since I was 29, I have been putting in the work to actively choose to try to learn these tools, to try to be better, to always up-leveling my mindset. And it takes freaking willpower some days and it's not easy and it's hard, but I refuse to give in to any of these stages. 
denial, disassociation from myself, angry feelings, depression. I refuse to give into it. So that's just me. I've always been a go-getter no matter what I do. So this is just an area of my life that I've chosen to focus on very hardcore, put a lot of time and energy into it because I can feel the difference in the way my life moves whenever I am actively working on my feelings and emotions. A couple of ways you can get support. A therapist obviously can help you explore your emotions. I didn't explore my emotions until I actually went to a therapist. They can also teach you coping skills and to help you manage your grief. I am a huge advocate for self-healing holistically. Again, I'm not a doctor, so I would never say don't go to one. I think there is a time and place for doctors and for medicines, but I only think they are meant to work for you to help you gain momentum on your own. I don't believe in them as a permanent solution. I believe drugs are just band-aiding a bullet wound. Eventually, you have to address and work on the deeper rooted issues, and that is your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. Your thoughts create your emotions. Your emotions create your actions. So if you're sitting here looking at your actions and you don't like them, you don't think they are healthy, you are upset with yourself by the daily actions you do or don't do, you just have to work backwards. How are you feeling emotionally? And that goes back to what are your thoughts? What's the first thought you think in the morning? What are the thoughts running through your mind all day long? Those are reflecting your emotions and your emotions are reflecting the actions that you take. When you're in deep emotional pain, and I totally empathize with this, it can be tempting to try to numb your feelings with drugs, alcohol, food, or even work, but we have to be careful not to do this. These are temporary escapes that will not make you heal faster or feel better in the long run. Of course, in the moment, they might make you feel better. But again, band-aid over a bullet wound when you need to heal that wound on the inside. These can all lead to addiction, depression, anxiety, or even an emotional breakdown. Instead, try these things to help you come to terms with your loss and begin to heal. Give yourself time. This is not a race. You can take as much time as you need. As long as we are not succumbing to those pits of the negative things, we can take as much time as we need. Accept your feelings and know that grieving is a process. You can talk to others. Make sure you have a good support system around you, whether it be friends or family. Do not isolate yourself or suppress your feelings and emotions, thinking that they will eventually go away. Trust me, they don't. Take care of yourself. This is huge. Exercise regularly, eat really well, get enough sleep to stay healthy and energized. Try to return to your hobbies or do what you love. Get back to those activities that bring you joy. There's so many things we could do to increase our momentum and our positive attitude and thoughts. Like think about those things that you do that just like light you up. And when you're doing them, you're just in the present moment. Nothing outside of you even matters. You don't have a care in the world. You're laughing, you're smiling, whatever that may be. I know for me, it's like dancing really does that for me, being in high vibe energy, a good workout class with really loud bumping music does that for me, getting out in nature, just anything that brings you joy. Write all of those down and try to do those. I actually have a list of 30 things. It's 30 things that make me happy. And I try to hit all of those every single month. And most of them are really small. It could be buying someone a cup of coffee. That brings me joy. Calling a random friend that you really don't talk to on the phone a lot brings me joy. Sending someone a handwritten card or a postcard 
brings me joy. Try to get back to those things that bring you joy. So if you want to do what I do, writing down a list of 30 things that bring you joy or make you happy, no matter how small, and you write them down and then you check them off each month. You can also join a support group so you can speak with others who are also grieving. I know there were lots of grieving groups going on. I think my sister went to a couple I personally never went to them. Again, I wasn't ready. Again, I was denying my feelings and emotions and I just was like, that's not for me. But if you think it can help you, by all means, it can help you feel more connected to others that are going through the same thing as you and know that you are not alone. Lastly, I wanna finish with seven things to remember about grief and life itself. Number one, it won't feel like this forever. Trust me, I know when you're in the thick of it, it feels like this is just how life is for you now. It feels like it will never get better. It feels like you will wake up every single day and feel and face these same demons. But if you are actively working on them constantly, Constantly trying to shift, reframe your thoughts. I like to say, if a negative thought comes in my mind, I say change or I say cancel. I say cancel that thought. That's not a true thought. That is a lie that's trying to get into my head that I choose not to believe. So I say change or cancel. And every single day it has gotten better and better, even though it's been a slower process than I would have liked. Again, I'm going through a little like mini healing this last six months that I needed to work on. The beginning of the year, wow, I legit thought this was just my life. Like I was like, this is never gonna get better. Constantly crying, constantly breaking down. But I chose every single day to re- read a book, to listen to a podcast, to listen to a YouTube. Every single thing that was getting into my mind was positive. Trust me, the negatives at the time were outweighing the positive. My negative thoughts were running the show, but eventually over time, the positive started to become more and more dominant in my mind. So just know it won't feel like this forever, but you also have to actively be working on it. Number two, you can handle it even when you feel like you can't. We are so powerful as you human beings. Our mind is so powerful. When you feel like you cannot get up for another day, do it anyway. I promise you, you want the obstacles and you want the struggles in your life. You do not want to avoid obstacles or struggles because the obstacles will only make you stronger, will only help you grow, and will only make you a better person. Number three, be gentle with yourself. Again, everyone's process is different and on different timelines. So if you're like, I'm still not over this, I'm still not healed, can't share my story because I'm not healed yet. Be gentle with yourself and just don't think that there's any standards or timelines or deadlines to your grieving process. It could take you as long as you need. So definitely don't beat yourself up. If you are not where you want to be, if you still have negative thoughts about a certain situation, if you go back to number one and two all the time, tell yourself it won't feel like this forever. I can handle it. I can handle it. I can handle it. We got to be gentle with ourselves. Number four, think in cycles, not lines. With any process of life, when you're healing, grieving, mourning, anything, it's not a straight line down. It's not a straight line through. It is a cycle. It's 
it's a circle. It's going to constantly be going round and round. Every time you get over something that you've had to face, something else is going to come up and that's going to start a new cycle. And over and over and over again, the processes are going to repeat. So if you can get good at one thing, the next time something comes your way, you will already have the wherewithal, the mindset, the mental toughness to face another thing. If you lose a loved one and then years later you lose another loved one, you have already gone through that process and know how to handle it the next time. So think in cycles, not lines. Number five, just know your feelings are normal. Guess what? Everyone has those feelings. Every single person, seven billion, however many there are in the world these days, has those feelings, has those emotions. They're not to be shamed. They're not to be upset about. They're not to be discredited. Just embrace the feelings you're going through. Sit with them, work through them. Don't try to push them down or suppress them and know that they are totally valid. Number six, this is one of my favorites. Grief can beget meaning. This means it can give rise to your meaning. It can actually give you a sense of meaning, a sense of passion, a sense of purpose. I would not have this podcast without all the grief and the loss that I've gone through. I would not have the way I coach women without the grief and the loss that I've gone through. It can give you life. I know it doesn't seem like that in the beginning, but it can. There's no getting over the loss of a loved one. You can find ways to incorporate the loss into your life as you move forward. We all have past experiences that may influence how we see ourselves and grief provides an opportunity to reflect on what matters most to us. You need to connect with what gives you a sense of meaning to help coexist with grief. These sources of meaning are a reason to step out into life each and every day despite the pain that you may be experiencing. With all of these stepping stones, there might be a reflection about the person you want to be in the face of life's challenges. Considering the choices you have in how you face suffering can be such a powerful exercise. If you really want a powerful exercise to do, consider all the choices you have in how you face suffering. What do you do in the face of suffering? Do you back out? Do you back down? Do you cower down? Do you stand up? Do you rise up? Do you face it? Do you get through it? And do you become so much stronger? And the last one, number seven, you are not alone. Again, grief is a natural response to life. It happens every single second. Someone is gone. Someone is lost someone loses something in their life. A lot of the time we want to move on from grief, but we need to learn to move with grief and let it show us the person we want to be. We cannot try to resist obstacles. Instead, we need to embrace them. We should want obstacles, hardship, and loss because it will only help us grow, learn, and expand. Imagine if we always tried to avoid pain or hardship, we would be so sensitive, so small, and so fearful. Life is happening around us whether or not we like it, and loss is inevitable. So as soon as we can embrace, push through, and grow through our experiences, the better off we will be. See you guys next week. the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.